0: do we want like anything fun at the beginning no we don't like fun
1: hi welcome to scattered we're a group of friends from the same church who are serving god in different countries and we're meeting online to chat through books of the bible chapter by chapter we'd love you to join us
0: good so we are looking at acts 14 today um and I thought it would be good to think about where we are in Acts because um, this passage begins with at Iconium um, and I want to know from you what that means. So Paul and Barnabas are
2: in Iconium. we call Barney? I'd really appreciate Barnabas. that. Barnabas are in, uh, are in Iconium. They've been in Antioch... They've been in Antioch... Uh, uh, Paul has given this amazing God-centered sermon uh, he has given the gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles made that clear to everyone that that's what's supposed to happen now lots of people come to faith but then uh, there's a sort of an incitement of a riot so they have run they have legged it to Iconium
0: they shook off the dust off their feet shook off
2: the dust
0: as they yeah. ran good yeah. Okay, and so how is this visit to Iconium? How does it follow kind of the pattern of other places that they've been to on this, like, missionary journey? Jill? I guess they go,
1: first of all, to the synagogue, and, yeah, they speak to the Jews there. Um, so that's the pattern, isn't it? They always, first of all, go to the, where people gather, which is often the synagogue, Um mm so and people accept the message and some people don't um yeah I think the thing I was thinking this week about how the gospel's powerful isn't it both Mm. in that it evokes a response whether that is a positive response or a negative response the the gospel means that people respond yeah um so yeah I think that's the pattern that we've seen which we see again here don't we
0: hmm
2: I was reading something about this verse that said that the literal translation of the word unbelieving is actually disobeying and so oh, interesting by you know the this concept of unbelief actually being downright disobedience and that's mm. where the sort of stirring up activeness of the the disbelief comes in is because they're just completely disobeying mm. uh, what god is saying through paul and, and barnabas uh, which i found helpful um to understand why they would have been so compelled to cause so much trouble.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and what, like, how did Paul and Barnabas, like, initially react um, to these troublemakers? So it's interesting, isn't it, in verse three, so yeah. they stayed a long time,
1: almost yeah. like they dig their heels in harder and say, okay, uh. we're staying around here because there's... Um, a spiritual war on, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I found that so interesting that I think this is the first time that they stick around because of persecution. In, yeah. the, past, in the past, they've always walked away from it, whereas this time they decide to stay. Uh, and it's, it's just, yeah, I found it really challenging. I think it's amazing that they had some people who believed trouble was stirred up And they recognised how young and vulnerable these people were in their faith and so stuck around. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They were so determined for this church to become established that Mm. they were willing to stick around whilst these uh, unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and Mm. and caused problems for them. And it was interesting, isn't it, that it's the Jews who are stirring up the the Gentiles.
0: Mm. Um, yeah it is yeah they've obviously got some kind of influence there mm. um yeah and here like actually later on and here it talks about Paul and Barnabas being apostles um why is that like are all people are all missionaries apostles
2: I found this an interesting concept that I hadn't really considered actually Jill what's an apostle Jill I I looked at it a little bit and
1: I think there's a capital A apostle and a small a apostle all through the New Testament and so I think the capital A apostle are those that were with Jesus and witnessed his um death and resurrection and I think oh. Paul is included in that because he saw the he Jesus appeared to him on the Damascus road So I think that's what we would normally class as capital A apostle. But then I think the word apostle means those who are sent. And so like we saw in last week's chapter, these two, Paul and Barney, were sent out um, (laughs) by the church. And so in that sense, they are apostles because they were sent out. And in that sense, anybody that's sent out from a church is an apostle, small A.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um and so when the, the verse four says the people of the city were divided, um and then what what happened after this? So they've kind of stuck in there, they've said, no, we're gonna stay, we're gonna really um dig in deep with these people, but then the people are divided and then what happens? It gets physical and there's a
1: there's sort of a ruse to stone them. And so at that point they
0: decide. Yeah.
2: Interesting, isn't it? It almost seems like they're not worried about um they're not worried about the persecution at the beginning, but almost there reaches a point where they think this is unhelpful for us to stick around. Are we gonna be more use? Yeah. Um, we've heard about this thing happening. Are we gonna be more use by leaving now that we've stayed for a long time than sticking around are we going to cause more trouble
0: yeah and sometimes that's the case just generally isn't it your presence with especially around the world like thinking missions your presence with a fledgling church as a different person from another country can actually cause danger to that church you being there so it's better that you just leave and let them you know the holy spirit's at work there and he can take it um take it from there and um and actually pull does go back, doesn't he, as we see in future and kind of encourages that church and does further teaching. But yeah, sometimes it's, it's best to leave. Um, so they go to Lystra and a bit of debate about this one. Derby? Derb? Derby? Derby. Derby. What do you think, Jill? I think we just choose one and stick with it. <laughs> Let's go to Derby. Thankfully, the story is about Lystra, which I think is a bit more... Obvious. So how is their time in Lystra different to other kind of places that we've heard of? I guess the first difference is
1: there isn't, it doesn't appeal like there's a synagogue to go to. So yeah. there's not that normal pattern, is there? Mm. And so they're speaking to Greek uh, and people that would seem to worship Greek gods.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I think they're far enough away, aren't they, from Jerusalem that now there just aren't synagogues and we're looking at much more maybe Greek, maybe pagan um, uh, uh, people group, effectively. you know, they're, I-, I love the contrast between uh, the synagogues, Paul speaking to the Jews about law and history and prophecy, and then here he's... In this more remote town, Leicester was quite small. And uh, it's just the difference between that, what he's talking to the Jews about, and what he talks to these guys about. He talks to them much more about the natural world um, and speaks to them in that way. Because actually mm. the law of the prophecy wouldn't have a lot of hold on them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't get it. You know. I f- yeah.
1: I, yeah, I find that really challenging about how good Paul is at tailoring his message to the people that he's speaking to and, yeah, totally. and their worldview. Yeah. Like this, you know, yeah. He talks to them about creation. He talks to them about the God who governs everything and then who is kind in that governance, which, yeah. And gives them illustrations of that from the world that they can observe around them. Ooh, yeah. And I, yeah, it's really challenged me about getting to know, well, the friends that we're trying to witness to so that we can apply gospel truth to the world that they inhabit.
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and he's under quite a lot of pressure here isn't he because what's happening like as they heal they heal this guy don't they um who was lame um and uh and then suddenly people go crazy
1: (laughs) yeah they try and worship them don't they because they're so impressed with their with the miracle
2: and it's fascinating, isn't it? Because they're yeah. like, the in light of men yeah. and the likeness of men. And you're like, yes, he has already. You know, it's that, it's like, they're like, wow, God's come to visit us. And they're like, no, you need to listen to what Paul and Barnabas are saying, which is, yes, God has already come to visit you in the likeness of man. But mm. it's not who it's Jesus. Um, it's just brilliant how they've sort of picked up on this half truth.
0: And like just the you know, the humility, I think, you know, throughout history, I think um, new people visiting new lands have been treated like gods um, and have accepted it. And, you know, whereas like these guys are tearing their clothes, they're like, no, 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 you've completely missed the point. This is it's not us. It's about God. Um, The way that the so they react to a miracle, don't they? I found this quite interesting because there's been a
2: lot of miracles over the last few chapters and we didn't really talk about it last time. But, you know, the, the, mirac- the way that the Lycians reacted to the miracle was idolatry mm. because they hadn't understood the message. And mm. so um, I just thought that that really reinforced because normally the pattern within Acts with miracles and Paul and the other apostles is preaching, then miracle to back it up. Mm. And here we've got this um, picture of the crowd seeing the miracle, but not actually being spoken to directly. When I read something about it, it said that it's likely that the lame man overheard Paul having a private conversation with somebody else, mm. with a one-on-one conversation and then believed. Mm. So this isn't mm. Paul talking to a big crowd. This is um, a crowd seeing a miracle and responding to it in idolatry because they're mm-hmm. not understanding the gospel truths that are behind the gospel power that's behind that miracle,
1: it, I just think that's a temptation for all of us, isn't it? It reminded yeah. me a bit of the sermon at St. Clement's yesterday where Paul was talking about we just so often want to elevate gifts and gifted people and oh. almost worship them, and we, we wouldn't yeah. do it in this way, but um, yeah, I think we're all tempted, aren't we, to elevate a, a person that's impressive. Um, yeah we're not we're not so different from the these guys here in the in
2: live stream
0: yeah totally and we love we love a good um spectacle i think um i think jesus would um at times found it a struggle to avoid the crowd who just wanted to see 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 these like amazing things but not hear them the message and and be changed in their hearts um i think that's a temptation isn't it sometimes to just want to see it Exciting thing and see the big change, but Jesus is more about the heart change and the slow kind of plod um, of kind of life change that comes after that. Um, yeah. Um, and what like so the, the there was no synagogue. His message was different. The reaction was different. And then what happened after um, after they've kind of had this difficulty in keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them? What what happens then that kind of moves things on again? Well, they uh
2: he gets stoned. <laughs> or before that, you want to talk about that? he gets stoned but not in the like psychedelic way.
1: No,
0: no, no, sorry.
1: <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it, that the people in the previous section are so <laughs> yeah. wound up by the gospel and hate the gospel so much that they follow them. And they travelled over a hundred miles. Yeah, yeah, to cause trouble here. Like that's dramatic. That's a dramatic response against the gospel, isn't it? Like you really hate it to travel a yeah, hundred totally. miles to cause trouble.
0: Yeah, and, and he like sorry, he's going. pretty much nearly dead, isn't he? I think, as in, it looks like he's dead. Um, yeah. I mean, like for a crowd to think uh, now,
2: uh, I have witnessed uh, where I used to work I have witnessed the beginnings of attempted lynchings and seen the result of them as well and I have to say that it takes quite a lot for a crowd to leave you alone mm. and so he must truly have looked like he was gone yeah this isn't just like a oh he got a few cracks to the head with a stone like he was probably battered mm. um, it's you know, so, so
1: underplayed, isn't it, in the text? Oh, yeah. And then he got on, got up, and continued. I was like, wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby, Derby. <laughs> um, again, like sorry, <laughs> it's that name. Um, you know, so he's he's well enough the next day to travel. That's crazy, isn't it?
2: And not, it's not like he leapt in a car. No. I think, I don't know what the distance is, but I think I read that it was around 60 miles, something like that.
1: But yeah, you know, you know the bit where
2: Paul talks about his
1: um, affliction another part of the New Testament. And uh, this has to be one of the major ones, doesn't it? And I just think, let's be clear, he would be limping on, wouldn't he? I don't, he doesn't tell us that there was a miraculous healing. And so- He'd be dragging himself on, wouldn't he?
0: Yeah, I
1: read said, limping, probably dripping blood through Asia. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they, they in Derby, they preached the gospel in that city, won a large number of disciples. And then where do they go? What's the kind of, I think this is interesting, they've gone as far as Derby, and now kind of, what's the kind of change in their um, approach
1: I guess they're turning here, aren't they? And then, like, again, it's so remarkable, isn't it, that they're going back to all these places where there've been all the kickoffs because of their love for the believers, that they really want and really care about making sure the churches are secure. And so they're basically putting themselves back in the high-risk places.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It does say, doesn't it, like, Um, they preach the gospel to that city, so not... Again, it's that pattern of not necessarily synagogue-centred. Um, and so they're very exposed. Um, yeah. they, they don't hide. They go back and support these Christians because they know how important it is in their fledgling faith.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's so encouraging, isn't it? These cities which where they've been essentially chucked out of. like The church is growing and you know it's not it's not their doing is it it's it's the seed that has been planted and and God is is growing that seed in these places um it's fascinating isn't it though what
1: their message is when they go back um, yeah that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God And Paul's like, look at me. (laughs) Yeah, like, see this? Um, Here's what I made earlier. (laughs) This is the illustration. I didn't have to work too hard for it for this morning, Kevin. But it's just so helpful, isn't it? That realism of it's going to be hard, guys. Like, they're starting off and encouraging them with the truth that it's not going to be all the good times. And that, Yeah. I just think that's so important, isn't it? In our pastoral work, in our with our own hearts, but also with others yeah. that let's be real about it's going to be hard.
2: But it's yeah. hard. I think often, um, you know, it's making that distinction that Christians don't go through tribulations to get to heaven. They go mm. through tribulations, tri- tribulations because they're going to heaven. Mm. Like that, that's the distinction. And, and, but that, how amazing is that? We are not alone. You know, you might feel mm. um, you're the only one struggling with X, Y, or Z. You might feel alone, but you are not. But then I yeah. guess the really the, the thing that I really loved about when Paul, you know, was mostly dead, it was the <laughs> disciples gathered about him uh, and picked him yeah. up. And it's that um, community, oneness, uh, sort of teamwork makes the dream work type thing that it's not just Paul... <laughs> is the you know he's the pinnacle and therefore he's not cared for by the disciples he yeah he's Mm. a big deal but they care for him in the same way they would care for anyone else in their group um
0: yeah
2: yeah Yeah. i found that really encouraging And great want to ensure that the christian communities i'm in
0: do that so after so they've been back they've encouraged these churches and then they go back to Antioch so why do they go back to Antioch do you think
2: well partly just to rest (laughs) by this point they've been out what 18 months to two years walking Mm -hmm. most of the way being stoned and beaten and threatened and everything and but um, also just to tell people what's been going on and have fellowship and encouragement. Uh, yeah. yeah. And to, and share what God has been doing with them, which yeah. I found really interesting. Um, mm. Not for them or to them or through them, but with them. Uh, yeah. It's that teamwork thing again. Yeah, uh, totally. With them. And you really sense that excitement, don't you, from the church that sent them?
1: Because when they arrive, the church gather together and there's just a real excitement about wanting to hear um, the work that God's been doing in and through them.
0: Um, Yeah, because we're on the cusp, aren't we, of this big council in Jerusalem, right? Mm.
1: Um,
0: Which is quite important as to, you know, what's going to happen with these Gentiles. Um, uh, So, yeah, it's really important, isn't it, that they've gone and they've seen God move amongst these peoples um and they've gone and seen it and they they've established churches and now they've come back so it kind of sets the the ground nicely for the the kind of Jewish Christians to be like okay like what are we're going to do now um which I think is really cool um do you think like how can we learn from the church um in Antioch about sending missionaries I guess
1: this is the this is the bookend isn't it of the other the question from last week when they were going out and now they're coming back in and they're they're just engaged it's a team effort isn't it they just really struck me the privilege that we have to maintain good contact when our missionaries are away because they're (laughs) away for 18 months and I'm pretty sure that there was such an excitement to hear what's happened because people wouldn't have known, would they? Like there might have been a letter or two, but unlikely. So yeah, just the, the investment of the church in Antioch and the excitement that you can almost is tangible in these verses is so encouraging and challenging to us, isn't it? Of how invested are we at home in you guys, in what you're doing and what God's doing.
2: Yeah. yeah and the thing I think as well I found interesting was this concept of they so um when I was reading about it they said that this wasn't like a one-time gathering like they had too much to say in one meeting and so it would have been meetings over a period of months Mm. um and that the church were not just ministering to the uh to the apostles and disciples in terms of head knowledge, like not just being like, oh, come on this weekend away. It'll be really good. You know, you can learn about all this stuff so that we can fill your head and you can go back out again. But they were ministering to Mm. their souls.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: And from experience, uh, sometimes I feel like missionaries who are coming back just need to be heard. Mm. And that in itself ministers to their soul. Yeah. Yeah. And they're living in difficult places and they, they don't necessarily want to explain themselves, we did this because this, this. But we just want to tell the story of our experience over the last two years and showing what God has done with us, um, as, well as, and as well as sharing the successes, sharing some of the struggles.
0: Mm and i think the honest is is sometimes on the missionary as well to be prepared to tell stories and to be open and vulnerable and be like you know yeah this was this was really hard when this happened and um cuz often we get asked how is blah the country that you're in how is blah and like it just feels like oh, i have just don't know what i don't can't think of one thing to say but i've got so many things to say like it's that weird feeling and you you need people to dig in to you and be like but how are you feeling about that? And, you know, yeah, it really helps when you've got a bit of time. I like that it says they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Like sometimes you need a long time to unravel, unravel a bit and, yeah. Know, open up. And I would completely agree
2: with that. I have been back in the UK now for months, I think, uh, three and a half ish. And I only just now feel like I'm beginning to be able to talk about. Mm. Some things uh, that we experienced, or some of the things that I've even been feeling. Mm. You know, I'm just um beginning to like things are beginning to pop into my head. I'm like, wow, I haven't talked to anybody about that major event yeah. because I haven't felt able to, or I haven't. It ha- just had not occurred to me. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, having a long time, and I just thought that was a really beautiful picture of like everybody desiring fellowship together yeah um yeah. you no know, it was just really like they just decided to stay they just wanted communion with their friends yeah, uh, yeah. um I could really <laughs> associate with that
1: from um, from the perspective of being in the UK like I, I can think of two or three conversations with you guys and others in the last few months where actually specific stories about individuals in the country that you're in is so helpful for us to be able to pray because I just think us actually the people here in the UK praying into the hearts and the situations that you're in is so much easier when you do have specific stories that you can pray to it's really hard isn't it just to pray for the hearts of people in this country but actually the more stories that we hear about individuals and the work God's doing and the relationships that you guys have the easier it is to pray Mm. you know from the home side so I think Mm. the power of story is brilliant for understanding
0: your experience but also for praying specifically into the situations you're in and just thinking about like further application Um, How do we know from this passage or like from other, Paul's other writings, um, how can he continue in ministry when like in one town he's got people worshipping him like a god and then in the very same place there's people who are like stoning him and trying to get rid of him. Like how, how do we, how can we take encouragement from Paul and maybe from here or from elsewhere in his writings?
1: The place I went when I was thinking about that was actually at the end of John chapter two, Mm. Jesus says, let me just find it and read it exactly. Um, Yeah. I've been really wrestling with that question this week because I just think I would either be so, Oh, they love me and my pride would be really massaged or Mm. I just would be so mortified by the rejection And yeah, at the end of John chapter two, Jesus says he was, when Jesus was at Jerusalem for the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was within man. Mm. And I've really thought about that this week and how Paul just didn't give himself did he to the opinion of the crowd either positively or negatively his heart was set on knowing Christ that is gain and Mm -hmm. he he really did count everything else as loss compared to knowing Christ and yeah that section where Jesus says I I know that people are fickle like there's don't give yourself to the opinion of man because it's gonna let you down every time either positively or negatively uh, yeah, that's been the place I've landed this week of with to, my heart's too drawn to people's opinion and yeah. not enough to um counting that all as lost compared to the opinion of Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's very really helpful. Mm.
2: Yeah, um for me it was I was drawn more towards um his total and utter convic- conviction in the truth of the gospel. Mm. Uh, I thought about Romans 10, where he says, you know, how can they believe, you know, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on the name and if they haven't heard of them and how can they Mm. of them? I'm paraphrasing. But then also this these parts in uh, Hebrews three, chapter six, it says uh, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. And then later in chapter 14, it says, um, for we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Mm. That was Paul's utter confidence um, in, in what he was saying and he was doing and the importance of it. Because if he didn't have total conviction that the only way to be saved is through believing in Jesus Christ. There is no Mm. way that he would have walked 60 miles the day after being beaten to a pulp and then returned to those towns. You know, how often do you hear people say, oh, that person in the shop was really rude to me, so I'm never going there again? Mm. um thinking about uh moving to west africa and the place that i'm going to that was a real challenge for me Mm. do i do i have this level of conviction um, in Mm. order to going with those things with with what we're planning to do Um, yeah and i guess paul goes on you know he writes all his epistle letters like i found it fascinating that he returned to antioch and then wrote galatians like they think that these churches were the churches that he wrote to when he wrote Galatians, I found yeah. that amazing. So I want to reread them in light of that. But um, that bit in Philippians 4, where he says, I can do all, th- all things through him who strengthens me. So yeah. I can face any and all circumstances and be content and keep going because of Jesus. Mm. Um, yeah, like lifting his eyes up from him, himself. Mm. And his experience and seeing Jesus and seeing God as, like, the focus of what they're, you know, because they're not, they're not beating, they're not destroying Paul because they hate Paul. They're they're stoning Paul because they hate the message of the gospel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's not personal for him, is it? He's so good at keeping his eyes on Jesus rather than his experience.
0: Yeah, I think he really does see himself as like a jar of clay with this message. Like I'm just the vessel. Like I've got this precious message, and you know, but you, you can do what you want to my kind of jar. But I really care about the message. I really care about my saviour. Yeah,
2: that's
0: yeah. Super. Love that. That's he, so he helpful, isn't it? Such a helpful time. picture. Um, yeah.
1: Um. Great. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.
2: Bye.